Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Mastermind.fm. In this episode I have with me Igor Spuntus from Balkestate. He is the CEO of Balkestate and I also have my dad Joseph Galea joining us for this episode and we'll be speaking about Balkestate which recently celebrated five years of operations and it's one of my favorite real estate investment platforms in the Baltics. So without further ado let's welcome Igor and see what's new at Balka State and have a review of the past five years. Uh, hi Igors, welcome to Mastermind again. We've had you on the show in the past and today we're here again to talk about your celebrating five years of Balka State, which to me as an investor is a very important milestone, not only because I was investing with Balka State, but because when I evaluate platforms, one of the most important things for me is their trajectory, their history, and the number of years, first of all, the team, and also what you've achieved. So I think in this episode, I'd like to focus on this five years of history, and then we'll take it from there. I'll let you walk us through a bit your honest take on, on the journey from the beginning till last December, which was your five-year birthday. Yeah, hi guys uh, again, and uh, yeah, thank you for this interview. So, yeah, we, we turned five years of 12, 12, 12 of December. Last year, we were established on 12th of December in 2016. And uh, as we spoke before, if I recall correctly, we established the platform uh, for the real estate because we were uh, connected to the real estate. I mean, even our lawyers that we have on board, they were from real estate. So we thought that uh, we were working with the large investment projects uh, with an offline investors. And we thought that maybe, I mean, we take it, taking, say, we'll take it on the next level and we will introduce the crowdfunding, the real estate crowdfunding for smaller investors, for the passive investors. And, uh, one more thing that in 2016, I mean, there wasn't any real estate platform in Latvia, for example. So we had only a state guru at that time from the crowdfunding. It was operating mainly in Tallinn. I think it, it wasn't presented in Riga in Latvia, I think, till 2018, if I recall correctly. So we were the only one there. So in 2017, in the middle of 2017, we received the Estonian financial institution license. And since then, uh, I mean, we're working and operating uh, as, a, as a real estate crowdfunding. We've financed more than 20 million right now. And we also had uh, several uh, group buying deals that, that I think we mentioned before as well as the large group buying deals where we are selling uh, the whole houses uh, by flats. And I think we sold uh, almost 100 flats uh, for four houses uh, this way. So can I interrupt you right there? Because yeah. a question I get is about the group buying. Yeah. And people sometimes ask me, ask me if it's still active or not, because we haven't seen many of them. Yeah, unfortunately, we it's still active. I mean, it's we're searching for the properties. I would say that that it's uh, it's quite hard right now to find to find the property here in Riga, for example, uh, for the group buying. That's why I mean, the last uh, deal that we have was for over 4 million euros in Riga city center. And unfortunately, that, that was the last one. So what we're doing right now, we took on board a um, person that is working with either new properties for the crowdfunding because i mean the bulk estate was was famous for that that we are we had some cash drugs all the time because we maximum that we had is four projects a month so the the, the main the main concern is uh, looking for those crowdfunding projects and also for the group bank and we decided with the group bank obviously we understood that that the riga is this quite small market that's why we moved to Tallinn as well to Vilnius uh, we're speaking we have the country manager in Germany we're speaking uh, we're trying in Germany right now so we're in Finland we are quite active uh, with Finland as well I, I, I don't know uh, if I told you before we became uh, a member of the crowdfunding association uh, in Finland and we also have some lawyers there that's why we are moving into several directions uh, looking for the, for the for the group buying deals so that's why i hope we will be able to introduce some interesting projects uh, in the near future as well for, for those 
but yeah, this right now, unfortunately, there's, there's a struggle with them because it's like difficult deals. I mean, it's it's not it's not as easy. Uh, lots lots of parties are involved. Okay, and one other thing that everybody's mind is how the COVID pandemic has affected the business. Right, we've seen a lot of platforms go out of business and others kind of struggle. So, how has has your business changed to adapt to the new situation? The problem that we had, uh, of course, that for example, if before COVID uh, we haven't had uh, any defaults and uh, very small amount of delayed loans, then because of COVID, of course, uh, we had uh, several defaults. We had uh, several projects delayed. It's still in delay, and we have some some projects which are still in default. and And the problem, of course, is I mean, there there are several problems for that. The one. Of course, the economy, and uh, for example, if I mean it's fine, you can uh, quite easily still sell uh, the flats, but it's quite hard for right now for the commercial promises. I think everywhere. I mean, it's it's if, if before COVID you were able to rent it out quite easily, and then you were able to 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 sell it. Uh, then right now, I mean, either you cannot rent them out and obviously you cannot sell them because, I mean, the investors that want to buy them, they're just asking, I mean, what's the point of buying right now? We'll, we'll, we'll wait. And because of that, of course, we have some some delays with our large projects, which people are, are complaining about. And uh, the other thing is, of course, the COVID and, and, and the government restrictions and the restrictions uh, also for the government institutions, for example, if, if the loan uh, is delayed or is defaulted, I mean, we were unable last year, for example, even to go to the notary or to the court because it was it was forbidden under the law because the, the, the legislation was somehow trying to save the businesses uh, not to default them because obviously the defaults and the delays wasn't only in real estate. So it was forbidden to go further with the defaults, for example, and then also also some government institutions and notaries as well are working. They're not working full-time, I would say. They're working part-time, and because of that, the, I mean, the amount of, of the work that they have didn't change, but the work hours, in a sense, they, they, they decreased. And that's why, for example, if... If in Riga you wanted to to get an agreement for for project, I mean technical project for the architecture projects, it, it could it's uh, before COVID it took ten uh, working days. Right now it's just taking months and months and months. That of course is, is affecting and uh, and uh, and the investors are obviously are very very unhappy with that. Uh, how do you see 2022 panning out? I'm hoping, which I mean, if we look to to England, for example, and uh, I'm hoping that the COVID will will start, so I mean, to to end that March and April, and then obviously all those government institutions will open up, and I I hope the business will return to to commercial promises that the people will return to offices. So uh, we are hoping that it must end. For example, if I don't know how how in any in every country in Europe, but for example, if Finland is uh, Taking off the restrictions, I think it's took off from 25th of January. Yeah, but the Latvia, for example, is stricken the restrictions uh, on 25th of January, and it looks like right now that uh, there will be lockdown once again. So right now, I think till March or April, uh, the situation will be quite hard because of that. But I hope in that I mean everyone is getting vaccinated at least at least in Latvia and. Uh, more and more and more. I think it's still 70% right now that are vaccinated. So I'm, I'm hoping that March, April, everything, the restrictions will be, will be off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Igor, um, in terms of regulation, during these past five years, how uh, have you seen it evolving? And uh, how much is it giving more protection to investors? I mean... Uh, as we know that the regulation is still not in place, we all have this transition period and the regulation will come in place in November this year. But, I mean, if we're speaking for the future after it will, it will come, uh, then, then I think the investors will be protected, first of all, in a way that in future... Uh, the platforms won't, won't be able to any anyhow control investors' money in any way. So the control for the money that are, for example, not invested 
will be overtaken by the e-money service providers. It won't be the platform themselves anymore. So, for example, with the bulk estate, we're considering two platforms right now, e-money providers, quite, quite both of them quite famous, don't want to, to say the names. But uh, in future, in November, it will be like you will open an account through the bulk estate but with this e-money provider. And for example, you will invest the money in the project and then the C-money provider will, will transfer the money to the borrower, just withholding our commission and that's it. So in this sense, you will be protected. Of course, uh, if we're speaking about the borrowers and who we are, are giving money to, of course, there is also, there are also some requirements that are coming in place which are will be much, much stricter than right now, for example. And we will have to double-check much more information, for example, about the borrower, and we will have to provide the investors with this information. So in this sense, uh, I would say the the investor will have, uh, I think so, much more information than right now. But in my opinion, the main information for investors is, is the property itself and the LTV, but obviously, because of the new legislation, we will provide us some additional information about the borrower himself, about the company. Therefore, if the risk would go down for the investor, would the interest rates go down as well? I would like to hope so. But I mean, what we're seeing right now, for example, uh, we're looking in some, in some channels, we're talking with the investors, not only with the bulk estate investors, we're seeing that even uh, with the large platforms who, for example, I financed uh, partially, their loans are financed by institutional investors. For example, the investors are saying that they feel comfortable to invest with the crowdfunding under 10.5%, for example. So that's the lowest uh, that the most investor wants to go. So it depends. I'm hoping that the, the rates uh, will go down, but I think the fees for the crowdfunding platforms will go up. So... You will see how it goes. So, for example, to administrate uh, this new legislation, to administrate this new, for example, e-money providers, all the platforms will have to take on board uh, some, some officers and some additional stuff. And because of that, I think the expenses for the platforms will go a little bit up. And that's why I think, at least for the bulk estate, we will have to raise our commission for the borrowers. Right now, its average is 3%. And I think we were looking for the highest commission. And of course, because of this high high commission, we will have to lower the interest rate. I mean, to, 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 keep, to keep this average interest rate for the borrower at the same level as it is right now. Therefore, your historical to date uh, weighted average annual return of 14% will probably go down a bit, yeah. but uh, in turn, it will be safer, possibly for the investors to put their money with, with uh, yeah. this I crowdfunding. Think I would say that, for example, that if we have right now, for example, 13% for the investor and uh, 33% for the borrower, then it's 16%, that then we will have to raise the commission fee for the borrower and lower it for the investors. So yeah, the investors will earn, for example, 11%, but the borrower will still keep paying the 16%. So that's, that will be, that will be, I think, the idea. yeah, but it will become safer. Have you seen any people moving to crypto investments? I think over the past two years, there's been a lot of development in the crypto investment space, not only buying for speculation, but like DeFi, NFTs. And in fact, you can on some platforms obtain interest of around 10 to 14% just by depositing USDC. So it's an equivalent of USD, which is around the same returns you obtain with platforms like yours. Do you see maybe the demographics shifting? Uh, people who invest with you versus crypto? Or is it not even a problem at all? What do you think? I think we saw uh, that, for example, when uh, when the market collapsed in, in a way in, in 2020, and all these bonds and crypto and uh, all this, all this, how uh, to say, yeah, well, the market collapsed. And then, then we saw that the people are taking money out and they're investing in, in, in the crypto. So at that point, we saw that and we spoke with some investors and they were saying that they're making much more money there that they will they can able to make at least 20 percent i mean what's the point with the crowdfunding but then it's again changed so we we were seeing that again it's something something stopped there something 
something again is collapsing and uh, then we saw again that the people are coming back and uh, we saw with some large bloggers uh, that they published statistics uh, that uh, they're much stable with, with the crowdfunding because it's, I mean, it's, it's 10, 12 percent, but it, I mean, it's stable. I, which I mean, on the opposite way, I mean, you can you can earn twenty percent, or you can even. We had some investors that lost a lot uh, with the crypto, and I think we had one interview with one investor who lost twenty million uh, uh, very fast with the crypto because he was using leverage. I mean, and, and it was all he has. He had. I mean, it's all all the twenty million, and he just left with the flat in in Paris. So with the, with the crowdfunding, I mean, it's it's twelve percent, and then that's it. Just, of course, there there were delays, and we had uh, for returning about for the, about the COVID. We had this uh, one of the largest projects on the platform, Alexandra Partners, which was in default at that time. And then, for example, we started this default procedure. I mean, uh, once again, the, the, this legislation that forbid us uh, to take all his, I would say, belongings to freeze all his. All his account, we were unable to do that, but th- at that time uh, we were able to get the agreement with him and with the crowd estate. So crowd estate refinanced him, and uh, we were afraid that in the worst case scenario we will lose 18% of the principal amount. So that's why we waited, and that's why we proceed with the crowd estate. And as a result, for example, we returned all the principal, and we were able to able to earn three and a half percent per annum uh, for each year. It's of course it's not fourteen percent, but uh, but I mean considering the circumstances and 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 the possibility that we were able to lose those eighteen percent, I thought that it's just it's just a miracle, and that we have to go with that. And right now, I mean those those were three loans out of four refinanced, and uh, I very hope that in in a week, in two weeks' time maximum, the fourth loan will be also repaid. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 it's returning about the COVID, uh, we had some issues. So. Jean, uh, earlier on, rightly pointed out that uh, history is important. Uh, actually, if we look at your default history, uh, it seems that you only have two percent still in recovery that's quite an impressive uh, record covid and all therefore how do you manage this and uh, what uh, enabled you to achieve this this very low default rate i would say that uh, the main difference between us and, and some other large platforms uh, is is that for example if there is a delay and if there is a quite quite long delay, I mean, we're all the time are trying to we're trying to negotiate with the borrower because obviously we do not have the borrowers that are intentionally, for example, are not paying back that took the money and ran them away. So, with every borrower, at least with us, uh, thanks God, I mean, there is a reason uh, why this happened. And so there are two ways that we can proceed with that. I mean, either we are going to notary and then we are freezing, for example, this property and then we are selling it through the auction. Or the other possibility is that we are trying to negotiate. Sometimes it's, it's taking some, some a, lot, a lot of time. I mean, it, it could take up to half a year in, 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 in a way. And uh, I mean, as a result, I mean, we're managing to, to resolve the matter without the notary. Example as we as the Alexandra apartments that was that was one case and he was uh, delayed. I mean he delayed the, uh, for a year. That was our last uh, resort to go to, to the notary and to freeze his his um, his assets. And for example, right now there's once again I don't want to say at, at, at least that it's signed, but one of the of the defaulted properties right now investors are very uh, complaining about. I think my lawyers got an agreement and we are signing it tomorrow and we'll receive the money on Friday again for the projects that been uh, we're trying to resolve for months and months and months. And once again, we will return on all the money, all the interest rates and all the delays, uh, delayed uh, interest, for example. And again, once again, without an auction and, uh, and without the notice. So I think... That's why we are calling the default loan. Maybe that's that's why, in, in a way, it's so the default loan only when when there's there's no no hope. Where we when our lawyers understand and that that's it. I mean, the only way we can get the money back is through the court, 
and through the freezing of the assets. And then, of course, it's default, and that was the Alexandra Apartments, for example, that was several more. And for example, of course, there's a default where the borrower sees he passed away and then there's nothing we can do. Just under the Latvian legislation, we just have to wait. And we're waiting and waiting, and of course, uh, there's a frustration from the from the investors. But but answer your question. I think, of course, the other reason is that we are quite small, and the amount of projects is obviously is much much smaller. I mean, if, if the other platforms are, for example, financing 10, 20, 30 projects per month, we are financing four months. And I think in that way, it's much easier either to double check uh, who are giving the money to, and of course, to work them in the case of the default. That's because we're small. It also means, uh, in my opinion, that you do your due diligence groundwork uh, very, very well, entirely. My opinion uh, stays the same. I think that, I mean, there are several things that we're checking with the company, but uh, our main concern is the property, of course, the valuation and LCV. That's why uh, we have, as I said before, the valuation expert in place, and he found many, many, many mistakes uh, with the with the valuation that we refused to give the money to. And as I I think I spoke before, and the one mistake was one million. I mean, there was a multiplied house for several million, and as the mistake was one million, and the the guys uh, received the loan with one of the largest banks in Riga, and the bank uh, haven't, uh, I mean, even even saw the the, the mistakes because they don't have this this person in place. So, I think, in my opinion, the property we are double checking, and then of course the company. I mean, the main concern that we have, for example, if he has uh, large uh, tax debts, because under the Latvian legislation, I mean, our mortgage. Is uh, has, has less power than the mortgage that could be could be applied from the tax authority. So if he's got a tax debt, I mean they're the first, and we with our mortgage are coming on the second. So that's yeah, most that's countries it is like this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that that's that's the thing that we're checking. For if it's if it's a new company without a turnover, it won't be our, our concern to give the money or not to give. It's once again it's the property itself. If it's a good property with with uh, with reasonable LTV and the valuation is 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 there. In my opinion, that's that's the main thing. That's the fact, Igor, that you were more concentrated on the Baltic states. Mean that you were giving loans to customers or or borrowers and on properties that you know, rather than moving outside um, in foreign countries where. You wouldn't know exactly all the details about the general environment? I think that's normal. I mean, for example, Latvia is, is, is not a large country. And when someone, if the project is coming to us and someone is showing us and been asking for the money, obviously me or, or the valuation expert, we already know. I mean, we know, we know the district. You cannot tell us that this district is, is fine if I know that it's, it's shitty. I mean, so we know the property, obviously, we saw it before. And uh, as I said, the main concern, for example, why we're, why we're not moving to, to the other countries is uh, it's not a problem to give the money. The problem to get them back. And the problem is uh, what will happen in a default. So for example, we saw we had some problems uh, uh, with our Finnish loan, uh, the first loan that we, uh, we gave. And for example, they delayed. And we had some struggle at first uh, to receive the money. Finally, we received it in full with all the delayed process, interest rates, but interest, but uh, but anyway, I mean, it, it was a struggle for our lawyers because we never done them. And of course, right now we have some agreements uh, with the lawyers in place, uh, and uh, we can react uh, quite faster. But anyway, for example, we consider the Spain or we consider the Germany, but our country manager. Told us in Germany that guys, we can go there, we can give the loans, but the legislation is much more strict than in Riga, for example. If it's if there will be defaulted, and we have to we have to understand that we can stick there for several years with the with, with the defaulted loans. If, for example, there is some kind of family where the children is living there, or some some disabled person, or something like that. I mean, there are several points. So, for example, if we want to move to Germany or to Spain, obviously we'll have to have 
quite good lawyers in place, which is which is an expensive thing, and uh, we are not not yet ready. Igor, do you plan to remain in the Baltic states um, or do you have uh, expansion plans? As I said, uh, if we're speaking about the crowdfunding, uh, we are looking very right now very seriously to Lithuania because we do not have any projects there. We already signed uh, some some agreements for the brokerages, uh, brokers that that uh, can can acquire the projects. We are looking to the Finland. We are financed, uh, if I recall correctly, already four projects, and that, that's just the beginning. I think it will become, we will having uh, much more projects from there. We will try moving to Estonia as well, but as you know, there is one platform uh, who's there is quite strong. I mean, it, it will be hard to compete with them, and I think if we want to compete with them, the only way, in, in my opinion, would with our interest rate that's a little bit higher than theirs is just to take on board a more unsafe project, which is not really not really our, our goal. And I think those four countries at the moment, and then, uh, as I told, uh, we're still looking to Germany, but under the German legislation, I mean, if you want to move there, you have to have this completely segregated accounts, uh, which is provided by the e-money provider. And uh, right now, our one potential e-money provider has uh, this uh, German IBANs, and I think we will be able to start there at November. I mean, we will finish uh, the, 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 this, this licensing procedure. I think that's it, because we have a country manager in, in Germany. That's why I'm talking about Germany. I, I think that's it right now in the five countries. And uh, I mean, 22, 23, I think that's it for now. We'll, we'll keep those five. In terms of loyalty of the borrowers and the lenders, do you have any statistics? In terms of repeat customers, repeat borrowers? You mean by countries or? or? No, no. Uh, clients who, who have come to you to borrow money and investors who came to you to invest money. Do you keep records about whether they are doing it time and over again? In terms, uh, I'm asking yeah. about loyalty. If, if, if and customer satisfaction, basically. Yeah, if we're speaking about the borrowers that, yeah, we have, we have borrowers that are returning to us. I think, I think there are several reasons. Um, of course, the first one, uh, it is just for the crowdfunding. It's not about the Baltic state. It's just uh, to get the money from the crowdfunding. It's much, much more easier and faster than to get to take it from the bank. Uh, it's, it's just. Uh, uh, the, the, the bank, uh, if you are not a very large company with a large turnovers, with the profits for several years, I mean, to receive a loan for, for development loan is, uh, I would say, is, is, is uh, something unrealistic. So that's why the borrower is returning to us and they're returning to us because we're not, as I said before, we're not, when it is delay, even if it's a long delay, we're not freezing his accounts and not freezing his assets. And, uh, obviously, for example, uh, just speaking about the Alexandra apartments, I mean, we are just understanding that, that freezing is, is is last resort. But the problem with the freezing and accounts, for example, if it's if it was a development owner, for example, this borrower got some other uh, credits or creditors and some other some other borrowed money, some even from the bank. If we will start the legal procedure. It will just go as as a card house. I mean, it will just collapse in full because the bank also will have uh, to get his money back, even if even if it's fine with the agreement with them. And so, in that case, we understand that uh, I mean, there's a high risk that we can lose the principal because I mean, everything will be seized from from every perspective. That's about the borrowers, of course. About the about the investors, um, uh, we saw that. Uh, year after year, I mean, the, the people were investing, for example, in 2017, they were investing 50 euros, 100 euros, and then those clients returned in 2019 uh, with 10,000, of course, and we have uh, we have right now some clients, uh, I mean, it's quite normal right now to receive a 50,000 euro investment from the client that uh, haven't, hasn't even contacted, contacted us. I mean, he, he never asked anything. We have some clients, as you saw, maybe this uh, one of their largest projects, 1.6 million euros. We have an investor who invested uh, half a million. 
So, but of course, so there is a frustration and there is a concern from the investors that with the delayed projects and the projects that are uh, in default. And uh, uh, of course, investors are saying that there is always a lack of communication from the Baltic state. And of course, we see that those clients are they stopped investing and they're taking the money out. And uh, because I mean that's unfortunate, and then that it, it's it's happens. Yeah. We have lots of loyal investors, but again, I understand the investor. I mean, uh, you can be as loyal as you can, but obviously, if you invested in five projects and two of them are, are delayed, and you are saying to Balka State that there's not a lot of information that we are providing you with, I mean, you want it or not, I think you will stop investing. You will you will wait for. It. This is an important issue, Igor, that you touched about um, transparency. How often do you publish? Yeah. Can I provide some feedback on that as an investor and having spoken to other investors? I kind of think that the the way Balka State communicates could be improved, even within the interface itself of the website. I know you've done a revamp of the website recently, but I'd like to see a better the dashboard for as an investor I think should be could be redesigned in a better way to provide like better information and one pain point I think is the way that the investors receive the communication through the forum and if you have a look at the forum sometimes it it becomes ridiculous in the sense for example I'm looking at one Blaumana street so the loan was repaid but you, if you go to the forum, you'll see people going in a year later. Balka State scam. Like, <laughs> it's been repaid. It's just that maybe uh, they don't have an email, haven't received an email saying, congratulations, it's been repaid. Like, so in their head, they're still waiting, maybe. And I think that also ties into the fact that the small investors sometimes are the more troublesome investors. Which is also in my case. I mean, I might have invested 50 euro on a platform. And because I don't give it so much attention, I might do something like this where I go in and I don't even realize that it's been repaid. And perhaps as a smaller platform, I think as, as an investor in bulk estate, I think there's an opportunity to focus on investors with maybe higher net worth or the potential to invest more. And that's would make it like you've, you're providing something that other platforms that are more for the masses say they provide lots of projects and so on. You can provide an edge there because it's like a more personal interaction. But on the other hand, you're attracting people who can invest much more than the typical investor. I don't know if you have any thoughts about about this. Regarding the platform itself, I mean, for, for just short explanation it took us a year i mean so to rewrite the platform it, it, I, I don't know because of the covid there was there was a catastrophe at least here in riga that all those uh, companies uh, uh, that are working online i mean the salaries just skyrocketed for the it specialists and for example the provider that we have is a cube is the largest IT provider in the Baltics, I would say. I mean, he was struggling and all, all of his uh, IT guys just left. It took a year to build up the new platform that we have right now. It's still in, uh, still, we're still working on that. There are some, some hundreds of things that will be put in place. Uh, the problem is that, that I was, I was hoping that we were able to introduce to our five years, uh, the new platform, at least the thing that we were promising months and months and months and months. So I said that, okay, guys, I'll let put, uh, put out this platform as it is right now. We'll, we will upgrade it, uh, during, uh, during, well, I mean, using your, your podcast, maybe I can ask your investors, your followers that they can send to us, uh, the things that they want to improve. Not about the communication, about the communication I know all about. So, but, uh, but at least the user experience and all the rest, because I think we had, we wrote some investors and we asked, the very active investors what could be improved before it was introduced and then and then we received some 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 quite uh, good comments but i would say honestly we haven't received any comments about my cabin so if you have some comments or your followers we will be glad to hear them because right now is the time when it's still it's been working for example as you as you mentioned about the blauman street i remember that case that the guys throw there yeah, balkistate is a scam but 
the loan was repaid a year ago. We are working right now uh, about email communication as well, how it should be done. I mean, for example, if you're unable to register, if you forgot to, to, to get your KYC, for example, it's been repaid. I mean, it's, it's, it's all working right now, and I'm very hoping that it will be all resolved uh, during the February. So there are still, still some things to go. I personally think it wouldn't be so difficult for, I mean, a user interface guy or even an investor to sit down for a few hours and tell you what needs to change because I don't think like there it's pretty obvious to me in some ways and we can talk later as well between us but I don't think it's a big thing I do understand the fact that also I mentioned earlier about the crypto stuff a lot of developers went into crypto over the past year and I know this because I work in IT myself. So the sellers were double or triple what they are in traditional IT. But I mean, can I use your suggestion? And maybe we can we can arrange after that some some short. I mean, at least some twenty minutes with you and my my colleagues, and we can go through the, at least some things that, for example, you already mentioned, and for example, you don't like. And um, yeah, because as I said, my cabinet was also rewritten. I mean, it's it's working a little bit different right now. And also, investors is 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 changed. But but again, I mean, that's the good point. I mean, I, I haven't heard about my cabinet any any critics. So if you have any, we're glad to hear. And as I said, we will change. Them. So yeah. And do you have any plans for the? I also mentioned the VIP investor concept. Yeah. So the, the with the. Uh, we thought that there are lots of, uh, I mean, the, the bulk estate, I mean, the group of companies and the IT team that we have in place in here, we are not working only with the bulk estate as a crowdfunding platform. We're of course, uh, continuing working as, as this uh, offline uh, developer in, in a way. So we're still buying and selling and developing large houses with offline large investors. And we just thought, why not to try, uh, why not to try and introduce those projects, for example, again, uh, not to the offline investor, why not to introduce them to, to a little bit smaller investors and that, that, that was we already financed two of those projects. And uh, the problem why, I mean, we had some very, very many concerns from the investors very, uh, that, that they were saying, why you are, why it's the smallest ticket and only 25,000, why it's not 100, uh, why, why it's not 1,000 or something like that. But the problem, as we explained before, is that when you are transferring, for example, a million euros from the bulk estate account to the seller account, the Latvian bank or the bank where you're transferring the money does not require the information, the, the borrower agreements only only between the bulk estate, even the selling agreement only between so the bulk estate, the company that is buying and the company that is selling. They require all the necessary information, all the AML information about the investors as well. And for example, with the right to done this, where we have just less than 20 investors, we were able to provide this information. I mean, it's 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 quite easy to contact Wednesday investor and to ask them to provide some some accounts uh, summary or something like that. But can you imagine 1.6 million euros? There would be some some I don't know one and a half thousand investors. We were just unable to to get those information. But with the Latvian bank, if you won't provide the information even about the one investor, the money could be freezed. And I mean, that's it. So that's, but yeah, we want to continue with those large projects. But the problem is, uh, I mean, it's, it's quite hard to raise the money. We, we raised this 1.6 million euros from our largest investor. And then, for example, uh, with the next project, there was a struggle. For example, we, we, I mean, it, it took us much more, uh, longer time than, than before. So that's why we are still buying houses offline. I think we bought, uh, uh, one house during January uh, offline because because there was an auction and we had to react fast. I mean, you're unable to to get this money through the crowdfunding. I mean, you have to. I mean, you have only several days. To, but I think in future we will we will use that, and I, I hope that uh, with the new legislation, with all those segregated accounts, I think it will be much easier to to get the money for those projects. So, yeah. One question that I always get from friends, colleagues, uh, etc. 
is this. Um, these crowdfunding platforms, how do they go into these loans to developers when the banks refuse or delay or go? they go through a lot of due diligence in order to give them the money? Why should I invest with a crowdfunding platform that maybe doesn't have the rigorous due diligence as the banks uh, have. Therefore, the the doubt comes about whether um, if the banks are not prepared to give this loan or take a long time, why should I risk my money? Obviously, there is the (laughs) counter uh, argument of a higher interest rate. But how can you put uh, their minds at rest in this respect? I would say just an example. For example, we have the client right now who, who came on board. I mean, we're still, we haven't uh, financed him yet. Uh, he's one of the developers in, in two uh, small cities uh, in Latvia. It's, uh, one is uh, Lepaya and the other one is Kuldiga. And the one, this Lepaya, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the city. It's a small city. It's uh, just... Uh, uh, under 100,000 uh, people are living there and uh, they're quite large developers. So what they have, they're just developing uh, small houses, small small multiplat houses. For some reason, there is, there is several companies that are doing it with this. For example, uh, most of the companies where they're developing the houses, I mean, if it's a small companies, they're establishing one company for each project, for example. It's just for the accountancy, just for example, when the when the property is finished, uh, uh, then you can you can uh, close the company and you can start another one over. I mean, in this way, they're in a way uh, trying to lower the risk. That, for example, every project is for for, for separate company. That if something happens to the projects with one project, something bad will happen. For example, if there will be the loss of money or something like that, it won't affect uh, the other. And for example, this developer, I mean, he wants he wants the money. He's got uh, lots of properties uh, under under those companies. And uh, for example, the companies are new; they're less than one year. For example, it's it's not profitable officially. I mean, there is no no loss of money. There is no no minuses. But 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 it's not it's not profitable. And uh, he's going to the bank and he's asking that, can I take the money for the company? What the bank will ask you, I mean, first of all, he will ask you to provide uh, this account, I mean, how's it's, it's statement for two years. And it should be profitable. You have to, you have to show, I mean, it's, it's under uh, the legislation. I mean, the bank has to ask that. I mean, if, even if the project is great, I mean, it's, there's no way he can disregard it. And then uh, he's providing, he's, he's unable to provide this information because obviously the company is only eight months old, but it's already got its uh, property on, on that balance. Or for example, it wants to acquire the property. So that's the one reason the bank uh, won't give you the money. I mean, straight away, if, if it's, it's a new company, if you want to buy a property, I mean, uh, the bank won't give you it. And the, the only way that you, you can get the money, obviously, is the crowdfunding or it's non-banking uh, sector. It's uh, some other large companies uh, in Riga as well that, that can that can provide you with the money. So in that way, is this project more riskier or is it less, less riskier? My, in my opinion, no. If it uh, goes to default anyway, uh, with, even with the bank, we'll give him the money. I mean, we will go the same procedure. We will use the collateral, I mean, and we will go to the auction. Obviously... Uh, providing this statement, for example, for the bank, as it was with the COVID, for example, that uh, you provide the statement in 2020 for the last two years with a profitable statement, and then in 2020 you will go in, uh, you will you will have large losses. I mean, what the bank? What's the difference between the crowdfunding and the bank? Anyway, either the bank or the crowdfunding will go for the collateral. I mean, any, and we are still have the private guarantees as well as the bank. I mean, there's. I, I don't know. I mean, no, of course, uh, if you invest with the bank, I mean, if you if you invest in the bonds, I mean, you will also have only 1% interest rate. But, uh... Yeah, I think one plausible argument to justify this is that most probably the banks do not relish going into the execution risk of the project. Therefore, they would like to go beyond that step when the project is ready. Maybe they refinance it or else they give a bridge loan or something like that. Obviously, that would attract 
a much lower rate of interest than the 14% that that you are getting or giving to, to the investors. I think basically the difference is there. But of course, investors also wonder whether they should take the risk and step into sort of the banker's shoes, providing this loan, which the banks um, sort of hesitate to give. But obviously, there is a trade-off between risk and return. You see, I would say, uh, in, in my opinion, I mean, uh, I, would, I would say that, for example, if the non-banking creditor is, does not want to give the money, for example, we are taking the, the, this, we are giving money to this loan, then I would say, what's the point of, of uh, investing with the crowdfunding even when a large non-banking creditor is not giving the money? But with the bank, as I say, I mean, the banks are restricted with the legislation and there's lots of requirements that are put on them for, from the regulator that we had some, some, uh, some projects and our partners had some projects where banks are saying that, yeah, we want to give the money. I mean, but uh, there's something with the statement is not right or, or there's this uh, with the other company or, the, or something else, I mean, which they do require to ask us. And, um, but anyway, as I said, that uh, all the development loans that you will have uh, on, on the Balka State platform or, or the development loans, for example, that we have are in, in Estonia, this is our largest platform, which are competitors. I mean, all those companies, unfortunately, most of them won't be able to, to get to get the loans from, from the banks. For example, some, some grain projects, some, some uh, private houses, some multi-flat houses, the bank is just refusing to give them. It's just, uh, and uh, I, I say, I, it's, it's, I think it's the legislation. It's, it's not the concern of states. Yeah, the legislation obviously tries to protect the interest of the shareholders uh, of the bank and the depositors, obviously, uh, which is the general public. Yeah, but I, I think the major factor is this two-year, three-year period during which there is the development of the property, which is the execution where there is a risk of delays by the contractors because of COVID or permits and all that, and weather sometimes. Therefore, that's all the execution risk being taken over by uh, the investors in the, in the platform, but obviously at a higher rate of interest because the risk is higher. One of the things that, just to wrap up here, I think one of the most important things for me as an investor uh, apart from like there, there are issues with any platform that we've discussed, but what marks the difference between Balgastate and other platforms is the degree of honesty coming from the team. Uh, obviously, I spoke mo mostly with you, Igors, but I think it comes through on the website and the other people on the team. And so that is very important. And I'd like to highlight that as well to other people that are listening. And I think to wrap up, I'd like you to, again, summarize your strategy. Why Balkestate? What does Balkestate do better than anyone else? And how you are able to do it? Yeah, once again, I think that, uh, as I said, the main difference uh, uh, with the, with the Balkestate team is that we're not in a way, financial institution. If we're if we're talking about our, our people, as I said, on out of uh, 15 people that we have on board, uh, those are, as I said, there is a designer, uh, there is the valuation expert, uh, and there is the people which are there's several project managers who are who are just uh, controlling the the projects themselves. I mean, what's happening with the projects? Are the construction work being done? I think that's. But that's been done by us is, is not done by, by, by other platforms because other platform is just the marketplace which where they connect uh, uh, the borrower and the investors, in my opinion. So that's why, for example, if you will ask me, then there's the several projects that are being delayed at, for example, the Samali Street or, or some other projects, I can, I can tell you straight away, I mean, why, what's happening. And I've been to those projects and we have one on Tuesday, there's the special day that the team is, is meeting up uh, with, the, with the borrowers uh, on, 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 the, on, the, on the properties and we're looking into and we're photographing. Maybe, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it does not look this way when you look into the forum or something like that. I mean, regarding the Baltic State communication, but I think that's the main uh, difference. And 
we want to stay this way and we want to keep this way. We, we want to be uh, crowdfunding slash uh, development. Uh, but of course, I mean, there's the new legislation coming and then we'll have uh, to divide those businesses and we'll, we'll look into the future how, how well it goes. And uh, as I said, with the commission fees uh, also. So that's right now we're, we're in a stage where we want to understand, I mean, uh, how well it goes. And we are also thinking that, for example, as you as you mentioned before, regarding the large investors, we're thinking that maybe it's time for us to establish the fund as well, the real estate fund, that, for example, we will be able to attract not only large investors as a private persons, but, for example, large institutional investors. And uh, Because we're seeing in, in Riga that there are some, some uh, funds that are operating right now they are all not the Latvian funds. The guys are not from Latvia. We're just thinking, I mean, why Why not us? Why, why is the guys coming from Estonia or Lithuania and working here in Riga, establishing large funds, uh, in, in getting the money from large investors, even our investors and in investing in those funds? So we're just thinking, why not us? I mean, why, why, why we're worse than that? And that's the difference in a way. Makes sense. Well, thanks again for for joining us for the second time. Yeah, thank um, you. And I don't know anything else that uh, you should mention about Balkan State, something exciting that's coming up shortly. From exciting, the investors will be glad, as I said, two defaulted loans, I think, will be repaid. Uh, don't want to, to say it right now. I want, I want to see the signed uh, documents, first of all. And then, as, as, as I said before, I want your followers to maybe to provide us with the info regarding the, the platform right now and what's, what's, what is not there yet, what should be changed already, for example, we would be glad to hear it because right now is the moment that we are still in development and we need the comments right now. Great. Yeah. So anyone who's listening, if you're an investor and you have been frustrated in the past with the interface or anything of the sort do reach out to should they reach out to you directly or what I mean, it's, it's better it's better to, to, to write to info at balkestate.com yeah. it's better okay all right so thanks again igors thank you very much yeah thank you thank you igors thank you thank you very much and uh, i wish you well yeah thanks thank you you too Hope you enjoyed the episode with Igors. I encourage you to visit my website, jangalea.com, for more information on investing in general and also on real estate investment. It's the kind of investment that we discussed in this episode. Especially, I like to invest through online platforms like Estate, and I review also other platforms on my site so do check out my uh, my blog and if you like this podcast do leave a five star review on itunes that would be really helpful and for everything anything else you can contact me on podcast at mastermind.fm see you in the next episode